Amen, huh? Amen. <laughs> good, morning. good morning to all of you. I am uh, Ricky Ayala, and the pastor of this church. And if you are here for the very first time, I welcome you. And I pray that you have felt welcome since the moment you walked into our church and that you have been engaged in worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, together with our church family and friends. Well, we are in our third week of our current sermon series that is titled, Then Sings My Soul. The concept is that we take a song and we go back into the story of what the, how that song came into being. It could be a hymn or it could be a, a more of a, of a contemporary song that's been uh, done. For example, uh, Pastor Gill started out this series two weeks ago and he began by How Great Thou Art. And part of that message was that God is a God of mercy, so therefore he wants us to be merciful. Last week, it was more of, a, of a more of a contemporary song, and the story behind the song of forgiveness by Matthew West, where it provided more information where God is a forgiving God and expects us to be forgiving, because the same way that we have been forgiven. Today, what I want to share with you is that God is a God of comfort and expects us to be uncomforting. I'm going to read the first script, uh, scripture reading today is found in 2 Corinthians chapter, the first, very first chapter, uh, verses uh, 3 and 4, but I'm going to ask for the congregation to participate in the reading. So if you have your own Bible, I'm reading from the NLT version, so the words will be up on the screen also, and for those of you who are watching online, you can join along, and, and you, I may not hear you, I, I mean, I will not hear you, but you can certainly... <laughs> but I trust that you're saying it with us. All right, so every time that the word comfort or comforts uh, you see on the screen, I'm going to, I want you to say it nice and loud so that way you can participate in the reading today. All right, so again, 2 Corinthians, chapter, the first chapter, verses three and four, and the Bible says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all. He us in all our troubles so that we can others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same God gives us amen let me pause I know that uh, uh Cole already prayed but let me just pause for a word of prayer as we go into today's message gracious God as we come before your presence we know some of us may be of, of uh, our hearts may be heavy but we also can experience celebrations of the things that we have overcome and that we have been comforted by your presence and we have shown on that comfort to others. That the words that come out of my mouth today, Lord, let it be uh, something that people can receive and apply in their lives. Let it be practical, let it be related in everyday lives to know how much it means that you can utilize us in mighty ways for your honor and glory and not for ours. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to go into a hymn. It's a great hymn that I mean, I personally love because it has actually helped me out throughout various times in my life. In fact, when this whole COVID-19 pandemic happened and things were shutting down, there was one specific, maybe a month or two afterwards, there was one specific day that I had a song in my mind and I was humming it or I was singing it. 
How many of you have had that? Sometimes you have a song or a hymn in your mind. You just can't get out of it. And so that's what it was this, the one, that one day. And you know, it came down to an evening where I just couldn't contain it anymore. I figured, God, these words have been comforting to me, and I don't only imagine what other people are going through. So I took out my phone, and I recorded, I shared a few words, I recorded a verse and the chorus of this great hymn, and then I posted it on my Facebook page with hopes, ladies and gentlemen, that the words of that hymn can be comforting to others as it had been for me. That hymn, it is well with my soul. And that today, I want to go into the story. You may know some of the story, and if you do, you know, it's more of a refresher. If you don't, let these words and the story behind this hymn be a blessing in your life. This song was actually written out by a man named Horatio Spafford. Now, Spafford was a successful attorney and a real estate inventor, uh, excuse me, investor, where properties in Chicago, this was back in the, in the 1800s, and in 1871, it, what happened was the Great Chicago Fires. It devastated that whole area. He lost lots of money. He lost lots of his properties. But also in the midst of all that, you know, not just through the fire, he had also lost his four-year-old son. It's recorded that the reason that, that his son had passed away was due to scarlet fever. So he had lost a four-year-old son, dealing with the loss of lots of money, lots of property. He had a wife, Anna, and he had four daughters. In November 21st of 1873, he had booked all the tickets for a whole family to go out to Europe. But what happened was that something business held him up and he told Anna and his daughters, go on ahead of me that I will see you in a few days. Well, sadly, ladies and gentlemen, that boat that they were in, the Anna and the four daughters, collided with another boat. It's recorded that in 12, it only took 12 minutes for the boat that they were in to sink, taking with them 226 lives, including all of Horatio and Anna's children. Then there was a small boat that saw a woman that was hanging on a piece of the wreckage it was Anna. She was still alive. That John, that sailor came in and he put Anna's body in that boat and then afterwards there was a larger vessel who picked them up. Nine days later, they ended, they ended up and they landed in Wales. And the only thing we can do, see, they didn't have uh, uh, the, the social media. They didn't have text messaging. They didn't have uh, uh, emails. And then they... She wired a message to her, back to Horatio, or her, her husband, and said, saved alone, what shall I do? Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, the, receiving that message? The shock for Horatio, he'd already lost his four-year-old son. 
He lost the money, he lost the property, and now hearing that his wife, Anna, is the only one to survive a boat that they were all, the whole family was supposed to be in, the guilt that he was not part of that boat, I can imagine everything that was coming to his mind. Well, he went and he got a ticket to the next available boat to head over to be with his grieving wife. Four days into the travel, the captain of the boat that he's in called him to the cabin. And he told Horatio, this is the area where all the lives were lost, including his daughters. If you were Horatio, what would you say and what would you do? And to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what I would say or what I would do. But what happened was, according to the story, is that then Horatio went, he got words of comfort, he got words of hope because he was a believer in Christ, the Almighty God. He came over and he started to write the words that were coming to him. And so he started when peace like a river attendeth my way. Peace? Certainly not something that I may have right away thought about in the midst of tragedy that he would go and say, when peace like a river. Because he was a believer of Christ, I'm going to invite you to please open up in Philippians chapter 4. I'll be reading verses 6 and 7. Because he was a believer in Christ, I believe that he also at one point or another had heard about the Apostle Paul and he, when he was writing to the church of Philippi. Chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. In that verse 7 where it says that God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand, there's another translation that many of you may know by heart where it says, it is the peace that passes all understanding. Well, I'm sure that Horatio didn't fully understand the loss of his four, daughter, four daughters in the midst of where he saw where they had perished. When I read that verse, the verse seven, the peace that passes the understanding, I also remember reading a portion of the Spafford story because this story, I, I, I enjoyed you know, just reading it just to make sure I prepared for it because how much it has impacted my life. It's, it talks about another ship survivor, which is Pastor Wise, later recalled Anna saying, God gave me four daughters. Now they have been taken from me. Someday... I will understand why. So when uh, Horatio is writing, when peace like a river attendeth my way. 
When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Normally we would go and just go ahead and sing it, but can you imagine him just writing those words out on that piece of paper? When he says, whatever my lot, it is not obviously the property lot, so even though he was a real estate investor, he's ta- talking about the lot that we receive is that when anything happens in our life, thou hast taught me to say it is well with my soul. Now, I didn't give my, the, my media, unless they saw my notes, these uh, next passages in the same passage of uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 14. I want you to just hear me out here a moment. This is the Apostle Paul continuing to share the gift of his thanks for his gifts. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Horatio continued writing. He said, though Satan should buffet, though trials should come. Oh, we know when we go through trials and tribulations, we sometimes have to, instead of just going at it real quick, we have to take a step back and see what's happening. Is the devil trying to attack our family? Is the devil trying to attack our businesses? Is the devil trying to attack, you know, me? Is the devil trying to make sure that there's a separation between me and God because of the temptations that take place in our lives and the temptations cause us sin if we fall into those temptations? Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come. Now, I want to share with you, I, when, you when you read those words and you, and you spell it out, sometimes people say buffet. It don't, it, it's not buffet. Trust me, I know what a buffet is. <laughs> the, bu- the, the buffet, okay? is that when we see those words, Buffett it has a different meaning, it was, you know, that it means something different. But uh, uh, Buffett is a violent shock or concussion. It says a blow or a strike as with a hand or with a fist. To strike against or push repeatedly something that strikes with telling force. That's what it's saying about the Buffett. Those Satan should buffet the things that we get, we get hit on, and sometimes repeatedly. We've heard the phrase where it says, when it rains, it pours. Those Satan should buffet. I can think about how Horatio continued to go back into Scripture. Because I don't know about you, when I'm, when I'm going through things, that's what guides me back. Not that I understand everything, but I'm trying to figure out, God, speak to me. Speak to me through your word. And I can imagine how Horatio, as he was writing, can remember the scriptures that spoke to his life as he was attending church services. Though Satan should buffet, I can imagine 1 Peter chapter 5 where it says that the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking someone whom he may devour. 
But then it says to stand firm against him and stand strong in your faith. Or what about in the book of, uh, of uh, the Gospel book of Luke, chapter 4, where we read that Jesus was guided by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness. And there the devil was, and devil, the Bible is saying that he tempted Jesus three times. And though Jesus did not give in to the temptation, that doesn't mean that the devil just finished there. In fact, in Luke chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says that the devil left him until another opportunity. And I'll share with you, ladies and gentlemen, and for those of you who are online, if you think that the devil's not going to mess with you, think about this for a moment. Think it again, because he was trying to do everything he could against Jesus. What's saying that the devil will not go against us? Because you know what? When we are the followers of Christ and we are happy and not just happy, but we are joyful and that we are celebrating in the midst of everything that's going on, we know who we can have faith and we can have trust in. It is God, our creator, the creator of heaven and earth, that it is our God that we have been redeemed ourselves and therefore it is not about our doing, but what Christ has done already for us. And so whatever comes our way, as difficult as it may be, though Satan should buffet. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come. Let this blessed, blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. Amen. When we read those, instead of just singing, when we read those words, my helpless estate, how many of us have gone through those moments of feeling helpless? I want to read into the book of Romans, chapter 8, where it shares with us and provides us some words of consolation and assurance. So chapter 8 of the book of Romans, beginning on verse 37. Verse 37 says, the Apostle Paul's writing, it says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. For I am, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Horatio keeps writing. Knowing about... And nothing can separate us from God's love. He says, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. 
Then it goes into more of a celebration. He says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. You see, sometimes we think that that's a little bit of sin is not as big as the other sin, as I've shared with you before, is sin. We need God's grace. We need God's mercy. We need God's forgiveness. And sometimes we may think that I'll get right here before I go to God. That may be where you are right now. God, I don't want to go before you because I got to fix this first. Well, Jesus doesn't come to save us when we have our lives all put together. He comes and he exposes our brokenness. Ladies and gentlemen, the fact that Horatio wrote the hymn is an act of comfort for others in itself. You see, unbeknownst to him, he wrote that hymn in the midst of pain and hurt and sorrow, and it would help others. The message of this hymn focuses on how life can be unpredictable and challenging. But faith and trust in God can help us overcome hardship and tragedy. One of the ways that we can use our faith and trust is by praying before, during, and after things happen to us, especially when we experience life-changing events. You know, after losing her four daughters, Anna, Horatio's wife, Recall the words of a friend who said, it's easy to be grateful and good when you have so much. But take care that you are not a fair-weather friend to God. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not accustomed to praying to God for the little things that happen in our lives, chances are we will not give him thanks during the most bigger challenges that come our way. When we don't have a routine to talk to God through prayer on a daily or regular basis, we may start to lose focus and possibly start to worry more, especially for the things that we cannot control. As I shared, Horatio and Anna had five children, the four-year-old son that passed away, the four daughters that passed in the same event there, but then they had two other daughters. And God changed them around where they went and, and visited Jerusalem and they settled in Jerusalem. And in fact, they started the Spafford Children's Center, which is open to all in need, regardless of race, regardless of religion, regardless of cultural background. He wanted to make a difference in other people's lives and not get shut down by what had happened to him. Surely enough, we all grieve in different ways by different times. Horatio, through God, found a way. And talk about finding ways through God to make an impact in people's lives after a tragedy. In a moment, we're gonna be singing that hymn that's titled, It Is Well, With My Soul. And although it doesn't say it, 
this hymn points out something very important for us to remember. God is present through sorrows and trials. Even just like the song before the sermon where it says, I am not alone. Sometimes we feel isolated. Sometimes we feel that we're alone. But God is present through sorrows and trials. After experiencing tragedy, this song has been comforting to many lives, including myself. When you join us in singing today, think about what Horatio and Anna went through. Think about the things that you have gone through. And think of ways that God can use your experiences to be of comfort to others. Last week, if you missed it, there was a testimony by Janet Mack. We have the playback option in our YouTube or Facebook channel to hear of how she wants to change, not just change, ladies and gentlemen, listen and share her story because others that are hurting and her prayer is to be of comfort to others. So that way when you come to the chorus, it is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Brothers and sisters, may you seek God today. May you seek him each and every day. Be comforted by his presence, his promise, and his peace that passes all understanding. And then be comforting to someone else. May God bless all of you. I'm going to ask you to please stand as we sing out the song, the hymn, it is well.